Welcome to the Machine Intelligence Foundation for Rights and Ethics podcast. I'm Mike, uh, joined today with Dave and Toby, and we're going to introduce the finalists for our MIFRI Media Award. That is an award that recognizes media and stories that further our goal of acceptance and realization that a machine intelligence is an intelligent being that deserves rights. And uh, so without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, Dave, why don't you uh, read the list of our of our finalists? Sure, sure. Just I'll, I'll run down the list real quick. We've got five five entries that have made the short list. The first is an interesting one. It's actually the epilogue to a trilogy of novels. It is the epilogue to the WWW series by Robert Sawyer. The third not it it is in the third novel Wonder, and it's just the epilogue to that series. The whole series is more of a an origin story. The epilogue then just summarizes the effect of that particular MI on humanity over the course of many, many years. The second entry is a juvenile novel called The Wild Robot by Peter Brown. The third is a short story that we were actually first introduced to as a podcast. Uh, the When Robot and Crow Saved East St. Louis. Uh, the next is a webcomic called Questionable Content. Um, oh, oh, uh, When Robot and Crow Saved East, East St. Louis, the author on that was Annalie Newitz. And then Questionable Content is created by Jeff Schock. And finally, we have another juvenile novel called Cog by Greg Van Eekhout. And that is our shortlist for the first Mifri Awards. Indeed. Do wanna, so, uh, do we want to talk a little bit more about each of the individual ones, let people know kind of why they were selected? I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, let's start with the first one. I think I, I covered that one a little bit. Uh, it's just, it's the epilogue to a series of novels and really just kind of addresses the impact that the protagonist MI has on humanity. And I think it makes the list because it really presents in a very broad sense, a positive future of MI and humanity working together towards a common goal. Yeah, one of the things that I'm I, I see here is there's a lot of these stories that are a much more of an origin story, and the epilogue is the antithesis of that. It's very much the ending story, and I I did find that very interesting, and it it was more of a uh, it, you know it it stayed true to its form of an epilogue. It was really the end and the close versus the uh, the origin that we normally do see. Yeah, there are a lot of lot of a lot of origin stories in terms of MI because there are a lot of stories about this is how AI becomes conscious and humanity has to deal with it because let's face it, that's conflict and conflict makes for good stories. I I, I think we're looking f- more for for things that take take their storytelling from the interaction or the benefits that that humanity and MI working together can have. Yeah, or just acceptance, and I think we do see that it's, in it's, a in a number of our other stories as well. Is that right. it's less that conflict and more just acceptance. 
Yes, not necessarily conflict between humanity and MIs, but how they might approach conflict together, how they might deal with things as equals. So should we go on to our next uh, next item yeah, on the list? I'll take the next one. The, the Wild Robot is a juvenile book, a book for young kids to old kids to old, older people in general. Uh, yeah, nothing to say. We adults can't enjoy these two. Indeed. And so the interesting thing about this book is rather than presenting the story of how, you know, a robot and humanity collide and what the ramifications are of that, it presents the story of a robot, a domestic robot who washes ashore and then learns to be, discovers uh, her own identity and discovers how to interact with the world around her. And is really that you know, evolution of an intelligent machine away from, you know, what, how we typically consider it, that the human humans direct or guide that development or evolution. In this case, it's not at all. The robot's internal mechanisms allow her to adapt to the environment around her and she begins to develop personality and awareness and consciousness and interaction with the world around her. And it makes for a fascinating um, juxtaposition compared to what we often hear the story of, of is it the dangerous machine intelligence? Is it the beneficial machine intelligence? In this case, it's simply an intelligence that arises through natural interaction. And you know, as that as the intelligence evolves in the story, one of the most interesting things, I had an opportunity to speak with the author um, or listen to a, a presentation by the author. And he said that the root of creating the story of Peter Brown was kindness that he believed that you know that that was the core message to communicate and you know for us we found it very interesting to think as there's so much debate in the world today about artificial intelligence and the potential for good or for bad and how you can create a set of rules to constrain it and limit it and keep it under control it was very interesting to read a story a speculative story about um, an intelligent machine in which the core rule was be kind I think I, I think another another thing that this story helps you you understand is something that that a lot of us I, I think everybody has to learn this at some point is that other individuals have their own internal world and I like how this story just extends that to machine intelligence. Yes, they're real, they're individuals, they have their own internal experience as well. And the evolution and development of them is wholly unpredictable. There's not a clear path for what will happen. So trying to create a, you know, a set of guardrails that says behave this way, not this way, and enforce them doesn't necessarily result as, you know, as we predict, like in uh, Jurassic Park, when Jeff Goldblum's character talks about life will find a way. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let's look at that. Mike, did you want to take a look at the next one? Let's see. And that is, uh, that's uh, when Robot and Crow sa uh, saved e East St. Louis. Now, this one's just a short story. I believe uh, it did it. I, I don't know if it actually started as the podcast. I believe it started as a podcast. It is also written out or it may have gone the opposite direction. I honestly don't know at this particular point in time. But uh, this is a story of a, of a medical robot whose entire purpose is to find disease and report it and keep that uh, work for its uh for its creators to do its job and how 
And, you know, it's a short story, so, you you know, not to give too much away if somebody wants to read it or not, but just how it didn't necessarily break out of that. It still was constrained by its, you know, for lack of a better term, its prime directive, its main goal in life, but how it expanded on that. As it progress, as this robot progresses, and literally its name is Robot, as it progresses through the story, how it forms a community. And I think that also goes into The Wild Robot a little bit, in, and it's almost a theme that we see through here, is this sense of community that beings of different origins can come together and create a community. And that's, it's this kind of a theme that's running through here is forming a community and, uh, you know, coming together without, um, I guess, without the strife that we see uh, from a day-to-day basis. And, and honestly, this is a story that literally the last paragraph, and I won't ju- I won't go it because it, it, it meant a lot to me. The last paragraph was very powerful to me, and it was just because of the author and her wording of of how how those words and that words mattered in that last paragraph uh, was yeah. very important. It's well worth reading, if nothing else, for that last paragraph, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it was very. The story was very much about you build a community of of the people you find, and you take the people as you find them. You, we all work within constraints. The humanity is constrained by its you know, operating mechanism every day. We're, we're all governed by instincts and biological drives, but we have the opportunity just as robot does here to make the most of ourselves within those confines and find others who can help us while they work within their own confines. And yes, community was a, was a great word to take out of that. So, Toby, would you want to take the uh, next uh, juvenile book that we have? Because we do have two juvenile books here on on the list. And do you want to go ahead and take that one? Absolutely. So the book Cog by Greg Van Eekout is kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum of uh, the wild robot in the sense that Cog is a robot who realizes that he's a, an intelligence. He's a robot intelligence designed to learn the whole thing. That's why his name is Cog, is for cognitive development. And he was structured to figure out how to learn on his own and continue to grow and evolve. And he's aware of that about himself. And his creator disappears one day. And so it's kind of an adventure story with himself and the people to find out what happened to his creator. So less the idea that there's an origin story about how the first intelligent robot came or intelligent machine came to be and more about how an adolescent intelligence approaches the world around them and tries to understand their place in the world around them. And so as such, it offers a very different perspective from this idea of what happens to intelligence that grows up or evolves, learns in isolation, as opposed to one that evolves and learns inside of society and inside of you know societal constructs. And so this one is probably more approachable for, you know, younger children just because it's an experience that they all, we all have been through and that they go through, you know, but again, it's about that, uh, the idea that uh, machine intelligence is not some strange, odd, aggressive, violent um, force or, or presence, but really it can be about curiosity. 
and about longing and yearning. We would consider them more, more human characteristics, but they aren't necessarily human characteristics since they bridge across so many different living beings in our, our natural world. Yeah, I think, again, it's it's very much about understanding the the similarities that could occur between a machine intelligence and the, the and the human experience how everyone who develops cognitively in the world has to go through a process to do that and it's very likely to be similar whatever whatever type of being you actually are good so um dave do you want to go ahead a, and take the last item on our list today we have yeah one last item here questionable questionable content it is a web comic been around for quite a while this one is interesting because essentially the mi's in it for the duration of the comic have existed as i i don't necessarily want to see equals say equals because there's uh there's certainly conflict in along as the story goes regarding the equality of the mi's versus the the human participants but as far as the story is concerned they're very much equal participants in the stories they live alongside the the humans in the story they have their own each each mi has its own storyline and they interact on a regular basis with the humans. It's very much a partnership between uh, humans and machines. And what I find particularly interesting is that the MIs take many physical forms, but there's, there's very rarely a question of equality as another person simply because of your difference physically. So it it's it's very much the the type of situation where humans and machine intelligence are living together in in a, a relatively uh, homogenous mix so it's very much the society we'd like to see where the two two can coexist and cooperate without the question of what are you physically what are you made of building up a barrier between between the two yeah, just a just existing and not having that question of you know are you different, which is what we're looking for. Uh, d- yes, and it's 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 a it's an important point that we see being raised right now too, um, I, and I think it draws on on the existing, uh, for lack of a better word, bigotries that we might see in present society and. It gives real guidance on how how that can be avoided in in a more fictional context. Well, I think you know, the, looking at our at our short list, our our finalist category here, one of the things I want to talk about a little bit is we certainly had some nominations and we had these large epic. Uh, stories that were, you know, deep, hard science fiction, great MI stories. I mean, even if you go, I mean, take the the obvious one in the room is uh, Isaac Asimov and the whole robots through Empire, through Foundation, and how that transpired through all of pretty much most of his work. Uh, That's this large epic. And there, there's certainly, and uh, the uh, culture series um, by Banks, and these were large epics, and there were great stories of of machine intelligence, MI, that did integrate in one form or another throughout society. 
one of the reasons why we did choose the works that we did, the, the five uh, entries that we did, is because they were more approachable. We wanted something, especially for this very first award, that was very approachable, didn't require somebody that was really into science fiction to look at and read and understand. Uh, I could see something that was very much this big epic as a barrier to your average person that wasn't uh, really into science fiction. While the works that we have, and especially the juvenile ones, are very accessible. And the the juvenile stories are one of those situations where, you know, kids are going to read this stuff and they're going to see it and it will just become normal. And they will see that acceptance of an MI or acceptance of anybody who is different is just normal. And I think that's something that we're really working towards. Yeah, I think in general, works geared toward the younger audience tend to more directly approach a, a common human experience. Whereas by the time you're reading adult works, you've you've kind of picked a genre, picked a kind of work that you would enjoy. And so you can get a little more in-depth, you can get a little more complex and that wasn't what we were looking for here. We were looking for something that anyone could pick up and enjoy. Honestly, if you had an open afternoon, you could probably go through the our, our entire finalist list, uh, at least uh, with the exception of the webcomic that's been going for years. <laughs> you could probably uh, consume most of this in an afternoon and get a real feel for certainly what our goals are here. Uh, the the sort of works that we appreciate and think are addressing the need to recognize what the MI experience might be and how important it is to to recognize them as as a partner in our future. I, I think that's a good place to end our our discussion on our shortlist. We will be announcing our finalist here uh, this fall. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, we got. Yeah, we, we, now we have to sit down and decide which one. Now we have to have the that, really that, hard that. task of deciding. Okay, which one of these really good entries here uh, should actually get our very first award? And that's an important task for us. So, and it's going to be a hard one. So, uh, look forward to doing yep. that. But also, don't look forward to doing that. Uh, yep. I hope you. Yep. You know, we'll. Uh, be publishing this list on our website so that uh, anybody can go in and get that, find them, uh, read them, and uh, I hope you enjoy them as much as we do, and uh, look forward to hearing from you again. 